Okay, let's get started with Parshas Bahar, Tavshin Ayin Vav, as we continue and march towards the end of Sefer Vayikra. Parshas Bahar, Parshas Bechukosai have their own Parshios uh, this year. And uh, at the end, hopefully, if there's time, we'll have one thought on Pesach Sheni, which is uh, after, between uh, this, uh, this uh, next week and in Chutzlaritz, it'll be right afterwards when uh, Parshas Bahar is listened to. But uh, either way, let's get into Parshas Bahar. And we start off with a thought that we discussed a number of years ago, but we will add on to it this year. And that is the beginning of the Parsha and the Rashi. By Dabar Hashem Moshe, Bahar Sinai, Lemar Hashem says to Moshe on Har Sinai, Daber Albanei Yisrovi Amartalehem, and we have the laws of Shemitah given, given at Har Sinai. And the question that Rashi asks is the famous one of Ma'inyin Shemitah Eitzel Har Sinai. We know that all of the mitzvahs were given on Har Sinai, so why is it that Dafka Shemitah has the link to Har Sinai? Uh, so hopefully we will touch on that as well. But we're going to focus a little more on the continuation. When Shemitah is mentioned, Shmita is called Shabbos, Shabbos Lashem. And if the, in the Medrash, the Medrash picks up on the fact that there is a parallel between Shabbos and Shmita, not just in terms of cessation of work, but even in language. Says the Medrash in the beginning of source number one. Obataras Khanim Shabbos Lashem Kishem Shenamar Bishabis Brashis Shabbos Lashem Kachnamar Bishvias Shabbos Lashem. Both in Shabbos and Shemitah, the phrase Shabbos Lashem is used. <coughs> What's the connection besides the fact that there's a cessation of work? After all, it's for different purposes. Shemitah is not Zechalamaisa Brashis. Lachora. So why is it that there is a parallel of words? And the Ramban already talks about this. The Meshachachma points out, but then he goes his own way. Ulam In my opinion, as follows, this is the message. This is hinting to a halacha. A halacha about Shabbos and Shemitah in contrast to Yontif and Yovel, which don't have the Lashem to it. Just like Shabbos is different then Yantif, in terms of the establishment of its Kedusha, the Shabbos Kviyavakaima. Because Shabbos, as we know, is set. Doesn't matter what we do. Doesn't matter if no Jew ever says anything. Shabbos is Shabbos. Shabbos comes no matter what. The Yantif, Yisrael Makachi Luhu. But Yantif, no. Yisrael, Mekadesh Yisrael Vahazmanim. Bezdin decides when the months are. HaChodesh HaZalachem. Bezdin decides exactly uh, when to celebrate each of the Chagim. So it's very different. Shabbos versus Yantif. Ubi Adam LaHakdim Zmano Olachro. Bezdin could delay it. Like this year, we had an extra month. Bezdin delayed Pesach. Unbelievable. Isser Kares Matzah. And yet, Bezdin could come along and say, you could eat Chametz for another month. These eight days, which were supposed to be Pesach, these seven days, supposed to be Pesach, it's not Pesach. Unbelievable. They could decide. That is by Yontif. Lokein Shabbos v'kviyah v'kaima. Shabbos comes automatically. Its Kedusha is set. Yontif is not. Says the Meshachachma, the same exact parallel between Shemitah and Yovel. After all, Bizman we have Shemitah. We don't say, ah, oh, Shemitah is a Batel. No, there is some level of Shemitah that would be automatic. Okay, maybe it's on a Darabana level, on a Daraisa, but that's technically because Jews aren't fully in Eretz Yisrael. But if we would fulfill all of the physical conditions, then it would be automatic, says the Meshachachma. Ken chaluka kedusha shviyas mikdushas yovel. yovel rak to yovel talya imlotaku. Yovel is dependent on actions taken by Bezdin. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah talks about if Bezdin doesn't blow the shofar, if Bezdin doesn't say to be Mishalayach Avadim, there's a connection. Something has to be done for Yovel to occur every 50 years. If those actions aren't taken, then there's no Yovel. Even if the other conditions might exist. Last line. Shemitah happens automatically. You don't need any other conditions besides the physical presence of the Jews. And it is, that's the language of the 
that is used to describe the type of ownerless state that is created, it's Afkat Damalka, Hashem the Melech makes it Hefker. That's the parallel between Shabbos and Shemitah. It's Lashem because it's basically all from Hashem and Hashem is in control. It is automatic. And that's why he continues and says, Even if we all close up our fields, Bezdin, like Bizman like, Azeh, but even if it would be Daraisa, but even in the times of Bezdin Daraisa, it's automatic. Yovel, v'kidashtem, eshnas hachamishim shana. It's up to us. It's like Yantif. Mekadesh Yisrael v'hazmanim. Yantif and Yovel are connected, and that's why it's not called Lashem. And now he gets into the why. So that's a beautiful description of the parallel. Shabbos and Shemitah, Yantif and Yovel. But now let's go one step further, says the Meshachachma. What are they all about? What's Shemitah about? What's Yovel about? That's also a connection between Shabbos and Yantif. Mishum sheshmita mora al chiddush haolam kili haaretz. Shmita, as we know, Hashem is the Bailam. Hashem is the owner of the world. I will let it leave it fallow, and Hashem will miraculously uh, create a nace so that I'll have enough produce for the next couple of years. Shmita is mora al chiddush haolam kili haaretz kimo Shabbos. Just like Shabbos is more that Hashem is the Bailam on the world. Avol Yovel, Yovel is more, at least an element of Yovel is Shiluach Avadim. What does that remind us of? Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We were sent out. That's Yantif. Hashem as the Mashgiach. Hashem as the one who was involved. Not just the Bore and the Bailam in general, but the one that is Hashkacha Pratis involved into our lives. That's Yovel. The symbolism of Yovel. Land should go back to other people and the Avadim should go free. V'chulu v'chulu. Says the Meshachachman, we discussed this a number of years ago, Shabbos and Shemitah, Yantif and Yovel, and that's the reason for it. But there's another idea of Shabbos Lashem that we will add on this year from Rav Yeruchim. Yeruchim writes in Das Torah in Surah number 2. He quotes the Rashi, and he also wonders, what is the Shabbos Lashem element? Shemitah is going to be for God. Let me explain something that is the Yisod in life. A Yisod in life that has to do with all the mitzvahs, and it's basically a Ravid. The Rav Yeruchim quotes a Ravid in his Hagdama to his Sefer Balei Anefesh on Hilchas Nida, where he discusses mitzvahs in general there. Says the Ravid, one line, and Rav Yeruchim expands upon it. What's the one line? Magid Yisod Baruban Shal Mitzvos Shetziva Bor Yisbaraches Adam. Let me explain to you the Yisod for so many Mitzvos that Hashem gives us. Laman Yeda HaAdam Kiyesh Lo Bore Hamoshel Alav. You know why we have so many Mitzvos? As the Mishnah says, Ratzakadosh Baruch Hu Lezakos Es Yisrael Lefich Achir Balam Torah Mitzvos. Why do we have so many Mitzvos? Says Rav Yeruchim. So we always remember that we have a Creator above us. How does Tzitzis remind me of that? How does Hafrashas uh, Chala remind me of that? How do all the mitzvahs? Okay, I, ultimately, because Hashem commanded me to do it. But how? Says Rabbi Yerucham explaining now, the Ravid. Ki acharesh ha-kadosh baruchu ha-aretz nasalav ne-adam Hashem basically gives over authority, so to speak, for man to live his life. He gives us olam hazeh. He gives us food. He gives us the land. It's very easy, which Rahman al-Islam, many people out there do think this way. We forget Hashemayim Shemayim Lashem. And we forget Fa'aretz Nasan Libnay Adam. We just think Ha'aretz Libnay Adam. And we forget that it's a matana. We forget the ultimate Bailim. You know what Hashem does? In every area of our life, no matter what we're doing, we have a mitzvah to do. There's a way to do it. In everything that we do. Not chas v'shalom to make it more difficult for us and make our lives feel like a burden. But no. Whatever we do, it's as if Hashem is tapping us on the shoulder. Hi, remember me? Just checking in. 
Just making sure that you remember that I'm your loving, doting father and I want the relationship. To remember and to show everything we do, and he's going to give many examples in a moment is to remind ourselves and then for us to show that we inculcated the reminder that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is involved in every facet of our life. Then he quotes the Raivin Lissoff on line 11. So as we remember, there are laws about husband and wife. There are laws about how to get married. You can't just get married and get together. Just like all areas. Hashem gives us a field. There are mitzvahs to do. In every parnasa that one could be involved in, there are mitzvahs and halachos. And when we think, and when we're involved in something, we're like, oh, that's us, sir. Oh, that's a mitzvah. We have to thank HaKadosh. Oh, thanks for the reminder. Thanks, not just three times a day in shul, throughout our day. Tziva kamachukim, becharisha, ubezriya, ubeksira. Shalayachosh kelayim. We can't be involved in mixing. When we cut it, we have to leave peah. Some of them fell down. We have to leave it for the poor. Okay, fine, we finish that. We bring it into our house. We start making dough. We start kneading it. Okay, we have to take, whether it's a karam. Okay, I'm getting dressed. Tzitzes, shatnes, no matter what. There's something where HaKadosh Baruch Hu kind of like waves at us. Says the Ravid. For us to remember that he's in charge. If somebody has a pet, there are halachas about a hack, act with a pet. If somebody has an animal in terms of harbas, kilayim, pet There are so many, we think there's no end. There is an end. It is finite. But the point is, in every area of our life, we're meant to think about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that has to do with so many of the mitzvot that we have. Starting with the first one. Hashem is about to give us, and this is a major danger. So far, for the past 40 years, we have been in the desert. We have been getting food from heaven, surrounded by the Anan. It's basically been pretty clear. It would be very hard to forget HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the desert. One would have to work very hard to not recognize his gifts. But now, nationally, we're going into natural existence. Right now, we're about to go into agricultural, farming, Shabbos Lashem. Shemitah. The whole nation has to have some mitzvah, some element besides the mitzvahs that we do all the time. But we have to realize that we're just, we're just temporary workers in this land for 120 years. Line 30. And there'll come a certain time when it will be taken from us. So we kind of act that out every seven years. Because that's the point of the mitzvos. To think about a Kaddish Baruch Hu in all the actions that we do. And I might add, he doesn't quote it. The Rabbanan even added on to that. Because maybe the Rabbanan felt there are certain mitzvos, but you know what? You might be going through your day and not be thinking about a Kaddish Baruch Hu because I'm not involved in any action. There are other events that take place that Chazal said, building on the mitzvos. We want you to think about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We mentioned this one beautiful line in the Rambam. I didn't put this in your sheets, but the Rambam writes at the beginning of Hilchus Brachas that there are three types of Brachas, as we know. Birchas HaMitzvah, Birchas Shavach V'Hodah, and Birchas HaNehenin. The Rambam starts off first with Birchas, after mentioning Benching, he lists off Birchas HaNehenin, L'Varech HaKom Machot Tchilo V'Yachar Kach Yehenamimenu, and then the Rambam mentions Mitzvah, and just like we make a bracha before every pleasure, so too we make a bracha on every mitzvah. And then the Rambam says, "Ubrachos rabos tiknu chachamim derach shevach v'hodaya v'derach bakasha." There are other brachas that Chazal made, created for us. After we go to the bathroom, lightning, thunder, we're so many seeing something amazing. Why? What's the point of those brachos? Rambam kidei lizkar es habore tamid to always 
have our mind on Hashem. Chazal are worried. We might go for a certain amount of time not thinking about a mitzvah. You know, you hear lightning. Okay, there's one. See a rainbow? Good. Think about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's what all mitzvahs are for. That's what all brach birchas shevach b'hodah are for. And that says Rabbi Yeruchim is the Shabbos Lashem about Shemitah all captured in one line of the Rivet. Again, Laman Yeda Ha'adam Kiesh Bore Hamoshel Alaf. Okay, that's Shabbos Lashem. Moving right along. So now we get into, let's mention something about Yovel. We know Yovel has many parts to it, which we don't have the schus of performing today. We mentioned a number of years ago. Machok has shown him when exactly did Yovel stop. Today, Rabbam and the Gaonim, was there Yovel during Bayesheni or not? During the 70 years in between. Right? There's a big discussion in the Rishonim about that. But one of the uh, most famous parts of Yovel is the chauffeur. The chauffeur of Yovel. There are many elements. Fields go back and, and slaves go free. Says the Torah. Count seven sevens. Forty-nine years. The first thing that we have to do during Yovel, the Torah tells us, You shall blow a shofar trua in the ninth month, in the seventh month, on Yom Kippur. Right, we do a remez to that today. On Yom Kippur you blow shofar. And you shall sanctify right this year across some drawer barrets. Freedom across the land. Yovel It is Yovel. What does exactly the word Yovel mean? That was also we touched on that in the past. Rashi Ramban. Fields go, uh, slaves go free. And then the Torah says, Lo Sizro, Velo Sixro, Sifichecha, Vichul. Says the Maharal. In the Tivat Shuvah, you have it summarized in source number three. Litkiyas ha-shofer shel Yom HaKippurim, ha-yushtem ma-shma-uyos. When they blew shofar on Yom Kippur, mitzad halacha, not mitzad minhag, like we do today. When they blew shofar during the time of Yovah, part of the mitzvah da And as we saw from the Meshachachma before, that could be part of the creation of Yovel, as the Gemara describes. You have to blow the shofar. What's the message of the shofar? Says the, says the Ma'ara, two points. Number one, It functioned, though we didn't always have it, but when it was there, it also functioned as an announcement of Yom Kippur. Kemosha you token like they used to blow the chatzotzros the erev Shabbos lachrish Shabbos achneses they used to blow on erev Shabbos the Gemara Shabbos describes to make sure everybody knew that it was Shabbos so too says the Maharal there's an element of the shofar of Yovel so everybody should know that it's Yom Kippur v'hamashmos Hashiyah the second one is a specific Yovel halacha laosam anashim shenimsoim tachas ol haavdus for the servants. That are out there. They went free. Avadim go free. Ask the Maharal, is there a kesher between these two purposes of the chauffeur of Yom Kippur of Yovel? Number one, to announce that it itself is Yom Kippur. Number two, that Avadim should go free. Sounds like it's two different purposes. Is there a connection between the two? Says the Maharal, yes, there is a deep connection. Ella, line 10. Shoha MS Yeshno Kesher Yashir Bain Ashnayim. There is a connection. One word. Breaking free. Two words. Breaking free. Yom Kippur and Shiluah Chavadim. They're both about breaking free. Be Yom Kippur, Adam, Mitaher, U, Mitnatka, Mikola Chataim, Sherabsu. We break loose from all the sins that have gathered upon us. We have this big load of chatoim on us that's weighing us down. And we break free on Yom Kippur. Yom shall pedus nafsheinu. Yom shall yom boa nefesh shalanu. Yotzeis lecherus. May ola avonos hameikos aleha. We're downtrod and we're held hostage to our sins. And we get a clean slate on Yom Kippur. Hashem gives us uh, kapara. We're free. 
At the end of Yom Kippur, we all feel it. Ah, we feel something. Not because we just fasted for 25 hours. Right? We feel like, like we're, we're free. That's exactly the point. We feel like this, this yira, this ema that's been weighing on us, but it's not just that. It's a load. And that's Yom Kippur. It's a day of Pedus Nafshenu. V'lachain line 13. T'kiyazu mishameshes gamla oscheres shalosam avadim hamishubadim begufam ladonam. We are set free from ourselves like Avadim are set free from their master. We're an Evet, the Cern of our Tivus, as we'll get to by the Shem later. But that's the Tkia, that's the connection between the two. Ha Tkia Shal Yom Kippur, he Tkia Shem Misameles, Cherus, Mikol Ol, Meoha Averos, Hame Iko Salanefesh, says the Maral. We have to be set free from within ourselves. The physical avdus of the eved and the spiritual avdus that we are in the whole year. So there's one message of the tkia setting free. And it's fascinating that there's even a halacha. There's even a halacha that is based on the fact, actually I should say a minhag that's quoted in halacha, that's based on the fact that Yom Kippur is a day of freedom, a day of geula. Not just geula zavadim and geula sakarka. We know there is a concept that Gemara tells us in Masechus Brachas in the first parak of smichas geula letvila. We're not allowed to be mafsik between Gal Yisrael and Shmona Esrei. Not allowed to be mafsik. Rashi in Brachas quotes the Yerushalmi. Not too often Rashi quotes the Yerushalmi in Masechus Brachas. He goes to Yerushalmi, it's as if we go, it's an Ani going to a, a, a house, knocks on the door, and right when the Balabais is coming to the door, the Ani runs away. Right? It's like we have this whole build-up. We have Sukkot the Zimra, and we have Berchaz Kriyashma, where we talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is everything, and we're Kabbalah Malchus Shemayim, and Shema, and Ezra Zavoseinu, and Gal Yisrael, you redeemed us, and I'm ready now to ask you for something and praise you, and we're Mavsik. And we don't. That's a lack of smichas gula That's why it's so important that we're not allowed to have any break. Different men hug him about whether the Chazan says it out loud or not. Both have their basis in, in the sources. But that's the halacha. So ask the Gemara one second. There seems to be a violation of this. We don't start with the words Baruch Hashem after Gal Yisrael. Right? We say Hashem Svasai Tiftach. Where did that come in? Says the Gemara, no problem. Tfilah Richta Damya. It's an extension. What do the words mean? That's an extension. Hashem, comma, as the post can point out, it's not Hashem Svasai, Hashem my lips. Hashem, comma, Svasai Tiftach, my lips, please open. Ufi, Yagiti Hilasecha. So it's a Tfilah Richta. Okay, good. What about Myrif? Barat Hashem Gal Yisrael, Hashkivenu. We say a whole paragraph between Gal Yisrael. And we say a Kaddish. Says the Gemara, no problem. Gula Arichta Damya. It's an extension of the Geula, Rabbeinu Yonah Bracha says. We all said Hashkivenu, the night of Makas Bechoros, when we, are, we were huddled in our, in our houses, in our shacks in Mitzrayim. We all said Hashkivenu, Hashem protect us. So that's Geula Arichta. Okay, that's in the Gemara. But now, let's fast forward to post-Gemara, and there's a minhag that many in Klal Yisrael have to add in extra things. We're not going to get into Baruch Hashem Laolam now. Uh, which is quoted in the Rishonim, the Minagin Chutzlaretz, but what about the Pesukim we say? How are we able to, that's not in the Gemara. How are we able to say Vishamru? Hashkivenu, fine, the Gemara said it's okay. What about Vishamru? So the Torah asked that question. This is all build up to source number four. This is the background to source number four. What about Vishamru? Says the Torah, no problem. Vishamru is also connected to Geula. How is it connected to Gula? The Gemara says, if we would ever keep one or two Shabbosos, Mashiach would come. Gula. So if Shamru v'nei Yisrael as a Shabbos, is also Gula Richt. Great. What about Yantif? Yantif, Aydabar Moshe is Maudei Hashem v'nei Yisrael. Aydabar Hashem is Maudei Hashem v'nei Yisrael. Right, what about the Pasuk on Yantif? So the Mepharshim on the tour say, oh, that's also, all Yom Tovim, our Zechel, is Yes so we can say we're almost there. There's two more that we're stuck with. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And again, there are those shuls that have the Minog, not to say it, the Vilna Gon doesn't say it. But the Minog of Chal Yisrael in most places is to say these psukim. So, how do you say Tikka Bakodah Shofar? Bakesel Yom Chagenu. How do you say on Yom Kippur night? 
Ki vayom hazeh yechaper aleichem matar eschem. Says the Lavush. The Lavush, the cousin of the Ramah, early Mefarish right after the Shulchan Aruch. Says the Lavush, source number four, where it's underlined. The Mishnah Brura, the, the Mefarshim on the Shulchan Aruch, quote the Lavush, every other page. Va'omrim Pasuk, or Mordechai Yafeh was his name. Va'omrim Pasuk, Tikkah B'chodesh Shofar, Ve'ein Zehefsik Ben Geula Tvila. Why? Ki Pasuk Zemein Geulahi. Uke Geula Richtadami. This is also Geula. Why? What is the Shofar on Rosh Hashanah have to do with Geula? Says the Lavush. V'haya Vayomahu Yitaka B'Shofar Gadol. One of the ten kavanas that Rav Sadi Yigon says we have to have when we hear Shofar on Rosh Hashanah is the Shofar of the Geula, the Shofar of Mashiach. So it's also connected to Geula. Okay, one more. Yom Kippur. That's not Zechel Amaisibrashis. That's not if you keep one Yom Kippur. That's not connected to the Geula Asida. So how do we say the Pasik Kivayom Azayachapar Alechem? Says the Lavush. Uvayom Akipurim. Shaomrim Pasik Uvayom Azayachapar Alechem. Hu Zichron Ha Geula Ha Amitis. Hu Geulas Hanefesh. Ve'en lucha geula arichta geodola mizu. Yom Kippur is the ultimate day of redemption. It's the day of the redemption of our soul. The day that we are redeemed from our own shackles, from the averas that weigh us down. And that's how we're able to say that pasik. Because that's also geula. Exactly what the Maharal says. What's the connection between the two purposes of the shofar? On Yom Kippur. It's Yom Kippur. Avadim go free because Yom Kippur is also about going free. That's the chauffeur of Yovel. Okay. Moving right along. So the Psukim tell us about when we're talking about um, Yovel and Shemitah by Shlishi. Pasuk Yutes, Chafei Yutes. Important to focus on the Psukim here, because the question is going to be on the ca- context and the language. Right? The land will give off its fruit. You will be satiated. And you'll sit in security. It'll be wonderful. Pasuk Maybe you'll say, what are we going to eat? Imagine. Right, it's hard for us to imagine agricultural society not working the land. Imagine if we would go a year without getting paid. Imagine, that's what Shemitah is. But we can't fathom, like, oh, the farmers. But let's put it into our terms. Put it into our terms. Having a year where we're not going to get paid. Nothing in the bank account. Nothing going in. Only going out. So, says the Torah, V'chisomru manocha bashan Maybe you'll say, hard word to translate, fachi. Maybe you'll say, what are we going to eat? Hain lo nizra v'loneso v'sfuaseinu. We're not going to plant. We're not going to gather. It's all hefker. Says Hashem, Pasach HaValev, v'tzivisi es berchasi lachem. I will give a special bracha. Bashana hashishis. In the sixth year. V'asasas ha-tfua l'shlosh hashanim. And the tfua from the sixth year will last Sixth year, seventh year, and even into the next year before you get a chance to plant again and grow. Special bracha. Asks the Svarno. Implicitly. But ask the Svarno. What does it sound like you read the Psukim? If you're going to ask, what are you going to eat? Okay, I'll give you a bracha for three years. What, we're only going to be zocha to that bracha of tfuah for three years if we ask for it, if we don't have bitachon? If we don't have emuna? The first Pazik says... You'll have what to eat. And then it says, If you say, what do you need? Then all of a sudden, there's going to be this unbelievable miracle. And what if we don't ask that? What if we have pure emunah pshuta? Hashem's going to take care of me. We won't be zochet to the bracha? Why is the bracha only formulated after Hashem quotes the potential problem that we have? Says the Tzvarno. Again, he doesn't ask the question explicitly, but he's answering the question. Says the Sfarno, no. There's two ways that we could go through this. Hashem's going to give us a bracha and take care of us. But it's up to us how we want that bracha. Two words. Quantity or quality. That's the question. Pasig Yutes says, before we say anything, what does Hashem say? 
The lamb will give off its fruit. You will eat and be satiated. What does that mean? Says the Svarno, Surah number 5. The fruit will be qualitatively different types of fruit. You'll eat a little bit and you'll be full. Like the Omer, magically, you eat a little bit, Stage one, type, uh, nace type one is, Hashem is not going to give us any extra fruit. Whatever little that will grow in the sixth and the seventh and the eighth year will grow. But you know what the, it's going to be? That little bit that you harvest will be enough for you will be amazing. It'll be such quality. The echut of that. And, I might add, you won't have to schlep in extra because there'll be so much that grows. No. It'll be normal growth and you'll be satisfied with what you have. Next, Pasik. The chitomru. But what if you're not on that level? To be zochet to the miracle of the quality. And you wonder, manochal, if this is doubt, if there is doubt by you, and you don't have proper bitachon, that the little bits will be enough in quality, then the Svarno says, okay, Hashem says, fine. I'll do it the hard way. Not really the hard way, but a harder way. I'll give you a miracle, but it'll be in quantity. So much will be produced There'll be so much and you'll have to bring, you'll have enough. But it won't be the same type of miracle. Right? As the, the footnotes, Rav Cooperman writes in the source number six, the footnotes in the Sfarno, there's a miracle be'echut and there's a miracle be'kamut. And really, Pasig Yutes and Pasig Alf are referring to two different miracles that we would be zochet to, the first one being on a higher level, only if we would be if we would be zocha. Okay, so those are the two brachas. We should be zocha to them. Okay, we continue now into some of the other mitzvos of the of the parsha. Towards the end of this section, before we get to a totally different mitzvah of tzedaka, but connected, the land. Cannot be sold forever. Litzmisus, right? Lands return back in Shemitah. Kili ha'aretz, because I'm the owner, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Machlokes, we discussed in past years, is this Pasuk a losase? And if it's a losase, is it an Avera? And if it's an Avera, is it on the buyer, is it on the seller? Or this is just a reality. The land cannot be sold forever. You try, it won't work. It's not a specific Avera. Okay, discussion. But let's focus on the last phrase in the Pasuk this year. The land will not be sold forever because I'm the owner. Because you are Gerim V'toshavim. This is not the first time in the Torah where we have a contradictory phrase. Right, we'd have to think back to Parshas Chayasar. Same type of phrase. Gerim V'toshavim Madi. What exactly does that mean? And as we know, Ger and Toshav usually mean opposites. Ger is a stranger, a visitor, and a Toshav is a resident. Toshav is a citizen. How are we supposed to feel? Ask the Dubna Magid, source number seven. We mentioned this in other parshios in the past. How can we be both? Hashem says, I'm in charge. Gerim v'toshavim atemi madi. Says the Dubna Magid with a Magid, with a Marshal. Asher Nadiv Echad, Hayalo, Beisachuza, Gadol Veniskav. There was a certain rich man, very generous. He had a big house. Yom Echad Echlit Lavar, let's go Rabbi One day he decides, I'm, I'm going to switch communities. I'm, I have to move. I don't really need this house. I don't really need it. I have enough. And you know what he says? I'm not going to sell it to anybody. I'll give it. I'll find a real a person who really needs it. Somebody needs a place to live with one tonight. 
Midas Tovos. Midas Tovos, as long as he has Midas Tovos, and he's a nice guy, so then I'll give it to him. So he goes around, many people answered his, uh, his ad in the paper, free house, buy it Limisira. Instead of Limisira, I've never seen that one in the ad papers. Buy it Limisira. La Adam Tov She'en Lo Buy It. Tamachir, zero shkalim. Wow. Mude'enu Bachar Mitocham, Ezeshenir Lo Agunio. So he chooses somebody, fine, and he writes in the contract, the contract of gift. Chatamito al Jose Havarz Bailus, Ubetocha Jose Kosev Tanai. You can't, you can't be an az panim. You can't be somebody who's brazen. You gotta be a nice guy. Fine. So he went to live wherever he went to live in the other place. Cover Mispashanim. A couple years later, he's getting older. He wants to go back to his roots where he's familiar. So he comes back to the city where he lived. He goes back to his house and he asks for shoes from the Balabayas, who he had given the house to earlier. Do you have any guy sleep over? So he says, Yeah, sure. You have one of the one of the rooms in the house, please. After two weeks that he's housing him and he's taking care of him, the Balabayas says, uh, Excuse me. I thought you'd stay here a day or two. He'd been here for two weeks. I think it's about time to, to move on. Says the Ashir. It's my house. But then you gave it to me. I have the Chose. So the Machlokes gets all the way to the Bezdin. The Shofet looks at the Chose. He looks at the contract. He turns, as we know, to the person who has been given the house and says, Mister, you can leave now. If this is your attitude, then you have no rights to be in the house. Because that's what it says in the Chose. I'm giving to you, Al-Tanai, that you're not an Azpanim. If you're throwing out this older man who gave you the house in the first place, there's no greater Azpanim. He just wants a place to live. He wants a room. He did such a good thing to you. How could you be mayas? So, I'm sorry, you need to leave. And he's here. Says the Dubna Magid, what's the nimshal? The Pazak says, Hashem is basically saying, you have a choice. Gerim or Toshavim. And I'll be the flip side. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, one of us is a ger, and one of us is a toshav. So it's up to you. If you, human being, act as the ger, you realize this is a temporary dwelling, you realize that our life is keherifayin, like all the mishalom we say on Musaf of Yom Kippur, like of Pareach and Ketzel Over, all of those unbelievable, the uh, graphic ways that we think about our lives, like a, like a nothing... So if you live like that, then I'm going to be a Toshav with you. If you're the Ger, I'll be a Toshav. But if you're a Toshav, if you think you're the Balabayas, if you're going to have the Azpanim, Hashem says, I'm not, I'll be the Ger. I'm, I'm not, I don't need to be here. She'echad me'itanu Ger v'asheni u'toshav. Imanachnu Gerim az Hashem u'toshav v'chein lehefech. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to us and says, what's going to be our attitude in Olam Hazeh? We have to realize that this is a we're passing through, like the Chavetz Chaim said. We have to realize that we are gerim. We don't have any yitzivuts. There's no permanence. And as we get older and go through life, we realize this. There's nothing in our control. Everything is in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's control. That's all there is. And the more we think about it a little bit, we can think and realize that we are gerim. And if we do that, then that opens the door for Hashem to be a Toshav in our lives as well. You have the choice, says the, says the Dubna Mag. Okay. Weiter. Says the Torah now. We have a couple of mitzvahs about walled cities, unwalled cities, all of these discussed here in Parshas Bahar. And then we have the few, one of the few times 
that the Torah talks about the mitzvah of staka. Pasuk Lamed Hey. When your brother is poor, and his hand falls, you have to strengthen him. Another, you have to strengthen your brother, which as we know is the source for the highest level of Sukkah. The Ram lifts off, I think the eight levels of Sukkah, the highest level, giving somebody a job. Strengthening them before they even need it. That's the highest level. Preventing, preventing the need. But, you know, many different halachas of staka. but just I saw one little story in the Yagdot Torah in Surah number 9 from Eliyahu Chaim Meisels. Chaim Meisels, Zohar, I was, at, I was at his kever a couple of weeks ago in Lodz. And one time, he was an unbelievable a leader of the town. Rav Chaim Ozer, the Yachiezer, came to visit him in Lodz. Came to visit him. And... Says the story. Became known the godless of Revelio Chaim, amazing stories about him and how he helped how he helped others. He brought the Achiezer, the two great volumes of the Gon, Rav Chaim Ozer. Why isn't he as famous as of Chaim Ozer? Because we don't have Svarim of Rav Relio Chaim Meisels. We don't have a Svarim. We use a Svarim. Chaim Ozer. So he says, where are your Svarim? Honor of Elio Chaim. Come. Let me show you my Svarim. Let me show you my legacy. Let me show you what takes up my time. He goes in and shows him all of the chovos, all of the obligations he took upon himself in order to give others money. He borrowed money for this need and for that need and all over, he showed him in his desk, all over, all the Toshave Lodge, the Almanas and the Yisomim. That's what we take care of. Reliel Chaim says, these are my svarim. These are my svarim. What's a sefer? Something to remember me afterwards. Says Reliel Chaim, these are my svarim. V'achein v'aruv yamav, kishanasa b'masa ha'am, v'ayarav palim b'tzachav ha'chesed. Reliel Chaim once said, as he got older, and you look at the community, when you look in the, the Beisach forest there, it was huge, huge, very noble looking. Beis one of the few that are left, he said, I used to think, when I was younger, the Iker thing, the Iker Hasaga, what I'm supposed to accomplish, I thought my only pure and first and foremost goal is to write Svarim. And that's a great goal. And to be Marbet Stora. But now I think to myself, and not everyone is Zoche to do what he did. I think to myself to write a sefer. Unbelievable. That's like child play. You know what the goal of my life has been? To support fellow Jews. To give a, have a shoulder for people to lean on, to help. That's the goal of a person like me, says Elio Chaim. And that's my legacy. And that's how I fill my days. Baba Yamim. Right, that's the legacy that he left, that he left for us. Right, similar stories told about Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim Brisker, Reb Chaim Solveitschik, they say that he left in his Savah and his will, that he wanted on his kever, it should say two words. Two words, that's it. Not Chefzagavra. Right? Not Brisker Derech. Two words. Ish Chesed. Two words. That's it. The problem was that he was a Nifter and Brisk. He was Nifker in Warsaw and he's buried right next to the Nitziv. And I was also Zohar to be at his Kevra a couple weeks ago and there's a whole long Arichus on his Kevra all about the godless of Reb Chaim. They didn't know what his wolf said. It was in Brisk. So we were Zohar to give Reb Chaim his due on his Kevra. But what did he want? Reb Chaim Brisk, Reb Chaim Salvechik, Ish Chesed. Two words. Revelio Chaim. Right? Staka. 
tzedakah in money, tzedakah in time. That's what we have to give to each other. That's what's in our control to make sure that we share what we have to help others in need, to help others that aren't as fortunate in a specific situation. Okay, moving right along. Chafa, another mitzvah related in this week's parsha. Says the Torah, Chafei Lamed Vav, Al tikach ve'ito neshach v'sarvis, the iser of interest, v'yaresa me'alokecha, you shall fear Hashem. Right? When does it always say that? When it doesn't look like an Avera. And Hashem knows it's an Avera. We have to make sure. Rashi says that here again, as he says that elsewhere. Since a person's das, Rashi says, is pulled after ribis. It's hard to go separate. Okay, it says that. We know, halakha how is it that a bank could take interest if it's owned by Jews? How is it that nowadays there are many that do take interest? Not in an evil way, but in a business way. And yes, there is so much written in Chazal, in Mesechah Bambetziah, about the evilness of ribis. But as we know today, there is a Hamtsa'ah, there is a document called the Heter Iska. Heter Iska, an agreement between the parties involved that instead of being a borrower and lender relationship, the Heter Iska creates partner relationship. However, it works without getting into the details of Chosha Mishpat. This is used all the time with people in business, people lending, Heter Iska. And the Tosefus Bracha, the Torah Tamima, and his other Sefer on Chumash, Tosefus Bracha wonders, and he emphasizes the fact that we know there are many, quote-unquote, not many, there are a number of halachos which seem on the surface to be what we might call ha'aramos, right? Halachic mechanisms to try to get out of a certain halacha. And we might put into these areas... Mechiras chametz, heter mechira, prusbal. Right? We line up, and sometimes when somebody from the outside who has not researched these topics want to show that halacha is chas v'shalom a joke, they'll throw all these together and say, "Oh, whatever the, you know, where a halacha doesn't work for the rabbis, they can do whatever they want." Chas v'shalom. But the answer to that is that you can't appreciate anything unless you study and you learn the intricacies from the inside. And once you do that, then there are always two questions to ask. Does it work halachically, the mechanism, number one? And number two, is the motivation pure? So those two questions are fair to be asked, but it's not fair to lump everything together because they're very different areas. And we've touched on all of these in the past. Prusbal, Hillel, there's nobody greater than Hillel that created Prusbal. How did he create Prusbal? Oh, you see, you're allowed to collect loans. So we've quoted that in the past. The Rishonim already say, the Sefer HaChinuch says, imagine not collecting a loan. Imagine, I lend you a million dollars, okay, you can keep it, I don't, I'm not going to collect it. That's a crazy high ideal level of Chesed. You know what Hillel saw? People weren't doing basic Chesed. Obviously, the Torah wants you to do basic chesed, step one, and then one day, maybe, in an ideal world, we'll do super chesed. But prusbal, what does it do? It just restarts it to basic chesed. People stopped lending money because they wouldn't want to not get paid back. So what does prusbal do? Now people will lend money. That's what prusbal does. It doesn't knock out a mitzvah. And that's just one example. Chametz, Pesach. Does the halacha, does Pesach demand, Hashem wants us to go bankrupt every Pesach? So originally, okay, now there are different minagim about people selling chametz gomer, not chametz gomer, but originally, when Mechiras chametz was done, people would go bankrupt. What, every year they'd go bankrupt? Because they dealt, they sold beer for a living? So that's not what Pesach is about. So Chazal created a mechanism which works. And the motivation was that people could have Pesach. And people don't, wouldn't go broke. So everyone has to be analyzed in this way. So, with that background, the Tosefes Bracha deals with 
heteriska. Right? Is that appropriate? Is that appropriate? The Torah says, don't lend money with interest. And we know there are so many chumras and stringencies about ribis. Everybody involved is, is doing an Avera. The borrower, the lender, the adim, the sofer, everybody. It's so chumur. Right? So, is it really appropriate? Says the Tosefes Bracha. Yes, as you would have guessed, but he explains it. He says, in a sense, Chazal didn't even have to come up with Heter Iska. But they did, because you can't just knock out a halach in the Torah based on a tam. But says the Tosefes Bracha. Let's think about this. Line 18. I've explained the heter of heter iska. It's a chiddish because we have to think about it. Ribis isn't something that the, that the Rabbanan came up with, something that we wouldn't have thought of. If you understand the Ruach of the Torah, and you can only understand the Ruach of the Torah if you're one of the Gdole Aposkin that have been steeped in Torah for their entire life. They realize what the purpose is. And just to give one note of background, and then we'll come back. If we think about it, is Ribis evil, objectively? Right? Taking interest? No. Everybody takes interest. That's how business works. I allow you to stay in my house. Right, this is how Samachronim formulate ribbis. So you pay me. You pay me rent for staying in my house. So I lend you money. So you should pay me rent for using my money. What's so bad about that? Is, it, is interest illegal? Interest is not illegal. Everybody lends with interest. And if you don't lend with interest, you're considered a fool. Because what's the purpose of lending? Just to do a good deed? Yes. So the Torah has a, has a super command that, you know what? Don't lend with interest to your brother. Says the Tosefes Bracha. But it's, it's not inherently something. It's not stealing. Says the Tosefes Bracha. You know when the Torah hopes that this halacha has teeth? Where again, you don't depend on it. You don't make a living in it. You're a farmer, and all of a sudden, your neighbor comes over and says, can I borrow some money to go buy milk? Just give him the money. Don't ask him for interest. Just give it to him. That's what the Torah is talking about, and that would be wrong. But, line 26, The Torah, the Chachamim, hundreds of years ago, went to find the root of the Isser. We're going into the land. Right? Why is this put here? With Shemitah and all these other Karko Halachas. We're going in and we're working the land. Then we're harvesting the land. And all the Chagim are formulated in terms of agriculture, Chag Aviv, Chag Katsir, Chag Asif, everything. They weren't involved in money all the time. That was, that was later. Most of the Jews in the times of the Torah, when the Torah was given, they were all farmers. And they were, maybe they made Begadim. They didn't deal with money. Lachain. It's not like somebody took money to invest and money makes money. But skip a couple of lines. When we got to the Middle Ages, we weren't in Eretz Yisrael anymore. We weren't farmers anymore. It's all about lending money. Rahman al-Islam, the terrible reputation that Jews received if they went overboard in this. But the Chachamim realized this isn't, this is, Lo Asra Torah Inyun Ribis Bechlal. It wasn't meant in this regard. Yes, they had a mechanism to change the relationship. That's the Heter Iska. Right? And that's, it works. That's the relationship. It works. But the motivation, which is really what is even more important in a certain sense, says the Tosefes Bracha, we have to realize that it's not a violation in this regard. It's a chiddish, but it gives a little background and a little teeth to the context of, context of Heter Iska. And again, there's something like this upon every one of the quote-unquote ha'aramos that are, 
that are used. Okay, one final point. For the parsha, and then if we have time afterwards, one thought on Pesach Shein. So if you look at the end of the parsha, the end of the parsha, the third to last pasuk, the Torah tells us at the end, if somebody is uh, is sold because he is a poor, try to redeem fellow Jews. Kili b'nei Yisrael avadim. Hashem says, because the Jews are my servants. Avadaihem. Asher ani Hashem They are my servants that I took them out of Egypt. They are my avadim. Says Rav Salvechik in the Mesorah Sarav right here, in the Vayikra that came out a couple of weeks ago. We were free. We became free. We left Mitzrayim. We remember that every day and night of our life, you'd see us Mitzrayim. Says Rav Salvechik, line 5, the Torah does not believe in absolute freedom, that man should be free from all norms and duties. There's no such thing as absolute freedom. That's not the goal of life, and that's not what we had, that's not what we achieved when we left Mitzrayim. The idea made see, and then he says, relieved of man's oppression, the Israelites were now free to choose voluntarily to surrender this freedom to Hashem. As if Hashem said, an unbelievable line, give up your freedom to me, and only then will you be free. If we give up our freedom, then we will gain freedom. How is that? And it's the, even, it's the, it's the Mishnah Perk Yavos. What do you mean? Goes to the beach every day and just goes to relaxes. Whatever I want. No. Because that's not freedom. Says the Rav, how can man be free if he surrenders his freedom? How is that possible? He says, if you think about life, it makes a lot of sense. Is man ever truly free? Right? Let's say somebody wins the lottery. Fine. They don't have to work anymore. Are they free now? They don't have to go, they don't have a job. Is he not a prisoner of natural law, subject to the caprices of his state of health? He's a slave to his health. The intrusion of accidents, the ever hovering specter of possible death, right? Sickness and death. Are we free? Aside from these physiological constraints, man is also subject to social pressures. Peer pressure. I want to do this, but nobody else does it. The mores of his society, the biases of his family. I want to do this, but my family would never let me do it. Am I free? The prejudices of his class. In reality, supposedly free man is buffeted, pressured, coerced, and restricted in his options, even if no human taskmaster hovers over him. There's no freedom in life, right? There are laws in whatever country you live in. Let's say you live on your own island. Okay, you want to be alone? No, you probably live with other people there. So there are constraints based on the fact there are other people around. What I do in my own house is different than what I do out on the street. We are always limited. We are always servants to other factors. When can we ever be free then? Only if we totally submit ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Because then giving up our freedom... All of a sudden, there's nothing haphazard. All of a sudden, we're free. And we take comfort. We're free because if somebody gets sick, Hashem's in charge. If something happens, Hashem's in charge. If this is every HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we're free. In the ultimate sense, it's so exhilarating. Because now, everything has a purpose. In surrendering to God, man truly achieves a tree's freedom. He is no longer tormented by physiologically depressing anxieties about his health or the specter of death. The world is under the rulership of a beneficent God and we achieve an identification with him by following his teachings. When we jump into Torah, it's been pointed out that if you look in the Rambam, in the Reb Chaim Sefer on the Rambam, only one little volume, not little, so little, but there's more Reb Chaim's on the Rambam on Hilchas Tumas Meis than any other halachas of the Rambam. Because they say when Reb Chaim got older and he felt he was a little nervous and anxious, he jumped into the Torah about that topic. And that brought freedom. And that helped. To surrender to God, therefore, meaning brings more freedom and not less. And that's the Pasuk at the end of the parsha. Kili b'nei Yisrael avadim. They are my avadim. And that's why he writes at the end, if you are an actual slave, you're putzah from certain mitzvos. Because 
your sanctity and slavery are mutually contradictory. Slavery is rooted in the profane and impurity and the unworthy and freedom to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being Meshubat to him. So we have to realize that what true freedom is. Maybe just one other point just quickly to squeeze it in about Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni, which is this week, a couple of days, and that is we usually, the main message, the most popular message of Pesach Sheni is Pesach Sheni attitude. Right? We have to have a Pesach Sheni attitude. In 90% of the Mepharshim that talk about what the secret of Pesach Sheni is, people, Jews, who didn't want to be left out. Loma Nigara, it's not fair. We want to do the mitzvah too. Just because we were Tameh, just because we were far away. Fine, wonderful. Very important concept. The Sefer Achinuch, though, in one line, says there's another opposite message that we have to remember as well. Not just the message of we have to always not want to be left out, but that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to be left out. And Hashem loves our mitzvos, and He makes provisions, and He just wants us to be able to have the opportunity. Pesach is such an important national carbon. Okay, Lomini Gara, but Hashem says, fine. Hashem makes it possible. Al Kain, Hayameritsono Barahu, Lizakospa Mitzvah Zuanach Bedes Kal Ishmi Israel. Hashem doesn't want it to be Mu'ukav on our part. So yes, Pesach Sheni, we think about that we have to have the attitude of we don't want to lose out on any mitzvah. But we also have to ha- remember the opposite message. Hashem doesn't want us to lose out on any mitzvah. And therefore, they work in consonance with each other. We have to meet him halfway. The more we show him our attitude, the more he will, Beth Hashem, give us opportunities to do all the mitzvahs that we can. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, next week we pick up with Chazak Chazak.